Then I got a job as a history instructor at a small Midwestern college, which, in view of what is to follow, had better be nameless. It was there I met Tony. Tony teaches history, too. He's bright. Very bright. He's also six feet five inches tall. And except for his height, he rather resembles Keats in the later stages of consumption. I met Tony on the occasion of the first departmental faculty meeting. I was late. Being late was a mistake. I hate walking the gauntlet of all those male eyes. There was one other woman present. She looked the way I wanted to look. Thin, dark, and intellectual. I smiled hopefully at her and received a fishy stare in return. Most women take an instant dislike to me. I can't say I don't know why. I spotted Tony amid the crowd because of his height. There were other things worth noticing. Big brown eyes, broad shoulders, and black hair that flopped over his forehead and curled around his ears. His face was fine-boned and aesthetic-looking. At that moment, however, it had the same expression that was on all the other male faces, except that of Dr. Bronson, the head of the department. He'd interviewed me and had hired me in spite of my measurements. I'm not kidding. It is a common delusion, unshaken by resumes and grades, that a woman with my proportions cannot have anything in her head but air. I sat down with an awkward thump in the nearest chair, and several men gulped audibly. Dear old Dr. Bronson smiled his weary smile, brushed his silvery hair back from his intellectual forehead, and started the meeting. It was the usual sort of meeting, with discussions of schedules and committees and so on. After it was over, I headed for the door. Tony was there ahead of me. I don't remember how he got me out of the building and into the campus coffee shop, but I have never denied he is a fairly smooth talker. I remember some of our conversation. I hadn't encountered a technique quite like his before. The first thing he said was, Will you marry me? No, I said. Are you crazy? Haven't you ever heard of love at first sight? I've heard of it. I don't believe in it. And if I did, love and marriage don't necessarily go together. No contraire. So beautiful and so cynical, said Tony sadly. Doesn't my honorable proposal restore your faith in my sex? It merely reinforces my impression that you are crazy. Look at it this way. Tony put his elbows on the table. The table wasn't very clean, but neither were Tony's elbows. I deduced that this pose was characteristic. All my life I've been looking for my ideal woman. I'm pushing 30, you know. I've had time to think about it. Beauty, brains, and a sense of humor. That's what I want. Now, I know you're intelligent, or old Bronson wouldn't have hired you. He's above the sins of the flesh, or thinks he is. You are obviously beautiful. Your sense of humor... Huh, I said. You deduce that from the twinkle in my eye, I suppose. Tony cocked his head and considered me seriously. A lock of black hair fell over his left eyebrow. Is that a twinkle? It looks more like a cold, steely glint. No, I'm willing to take the sense of humor on trust. You'd be making a mistake. I am not amused. And even if I were amused, I wouldn't marry you. I'm not going to marry anyone, ever. 
if you prefer that arrangement, said Tony with a shrug. So it went for most of the winter. The demoralizing thing about Tony was that he wasn't kidding. He really did want to get married. That didn't surprise me. Any man with a grain of sense knows that marriage is the only way these days to acquire a full-time maid who works 25 hours a day with no time off and no pay except room and board. Naturally, Tony wouldn't admit to these motives. He kept babbling about love. He couldn't help it. His background was hopelessly conventional. He came from a big, jolly family out in the Bible Belt, with a fat, jolly mother and a tall, thin, jolly father. He showed me their pictures, which he kept on his desk. That shows you what he was like. He was crazy about his parents. He even liked his brothers and sisters, of whom there seemed to be an indeterminate number. He had a half-ashamed and inarticulate desire for children of his own. Oh, his ostensible motives were admirable, and his attractions were considerable. To say we were physically compatible is to put it mildly, but that wasn't all. We had a hundred interests in common, from European history to basketball. He'd been the star of his high school team, and so had I. He shared my passion for medieval sculpture, and he was crazy about old Marx Brothers movies. I couldn't imagine finding anyone I liked better, but I didn't weaken. Why not? Tony demanded one day. It was a day in January or the beginning of February, and he was getting exasperated. Damn it, why not? Are you down on marriage just because it's out of fashion? I didn't think you were so conventional. That has nothing to do with it. I'm not against marriage per se. I'm against it for me. I'm not going to get married. Why the hell do I have to repeat it every other day? I think I'll make a tape. That's ridiculous. What, the tape? It would save the wear and tear on my vocal cords. Now, listen, Tony. I put my elbows on the table and then removed them. I was certainly not going to imitate his vulgar habits. Your attitude is a perfect illustration of the reason why I don't intend to marry. I state a point of view and you attack it. You don't listen. You don't try to understand. You just say... Tony said it. Obscenities will get you nowhere, I said. My feelings are a fact, not a personal delusion. They are valid for me. What business have you got trying to tell me how I ought to feel? You think you want an intellectual wife who can discuss your work with you? But it wouldn't last. After a while, you'd start expecting apple pie instead of articles. And then you'd want me to quit work. And if I got promoted and you didn't, you'd sulk. And then, if we had a baby, you wouldn't get up in the middle of the night and change its dirty diapers. I stopped. Not because I had finished my monologue, but because Tony wasn't listening. His elbows were on the table, his face was hidden in his hands, and he was laughing so hard that the table shook. Since he wasn't looking, I permitted myself a sour smile. So maybe it did sound funny. But the basic premise was sound. I knocked one of Tony's elbows out from under him so that his chin splashed into his coffee cup. And that ended the discussion. But it wasn't the end of the argument. I could tell by the speculative gleam in Tony's eye that for the first time he was really thinking about the problem. It was amusing to watch him ponder my hang-up, as he called it, as methodically as he would consider an abstract academic question. 
At least it was amusing until he came out with his conclusions. We were at Tony's apartment. He'd built a fire in the fireplace and had carefully seated himself in a chair across from the couch where I was sitting. He hadn't touched me all evening, which was enough of a change to make me wary. He sat there for a long time staring at me, and finally he said, I figured it out. Oh, have you? Yes. What you need is to be dominated. Is that right? I said. That tough exterior is a defense, Tony explained. Underneath, you're looking for a stronger shoulder to lean on. But since you're a superior female, you need to be convinced that the male is even more superior. All right, I said between my teeth. You may be stronger than I am, you ape, but just try those guerrilla tactics on me and you'll get something you... No, no, I'm not talking about anything as crude as physical domination. I intend to convince you of my intellectual superiority. <laughs> I said. You doubt that I am your intellectual superior, Tony said calmly. Of course you do. That's your trouble. I bit back the yell of outrage that was right on the tip of my tongue. He wanted me to lose my temper. That would prove my emotional immaturity. I leaned back on the couch, crossed my legs, and took a deep breath. Tony's eyes glazed, but he didn't move. And how, I inquired, practicing deep breathing, do you propose to convince me? Tony was a funny color. With some effort, he dragged his eyes away from my torso and stared at the fire. I haven't figured it out yet, he admitted, but I will. Let me know when you do. I fell back onto the couch.